I've always written about all of the big parts of my life as a way of coping and like what requires more coping than motherhood, especially (laughs) (laughs) Uh coping and adjusting and making sense of things. So I was writing essentially for myself in the beginning to make sense of whatever was happening, those phases that you feel like your children are never going to move through. Welcome to the Mama Needs Podcast, where we chat about all the things that mama needs. On this podcast, you'll hear real stories from moms that you can relate to and listen in while you do your everyday mom life. I'm your host, Jen Collins, mama of three kids, wife, and founder of Mama Needs Box, a monthly self-care subscription box for moms. Today, I'm interviewing Melissa Face. Melissa is a writer, author, and teacher who lives in Virginia with her husband and two kids. She just recently published a book called I Love You More Than Coffee, which is a compilation of essays from her first eight years of motherhood written in real time. Melissa is so candid about her experiences in motherhood, and we talked about her book and how sharing your stories about being a mom is so important and encourages other moms to share their stories too. She is just a delight, and I know you will love both our conversation and her book. Before we get to this episode, though, just a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Mama Needs Box, a monthly self-care subscription box just for moms who feel burned out and don't know where to start with self-care. Your monthly box will arrive with five to six high-quality products inside with tips and ideas to fit in self-care so you can remember that you matter, Mama. You're going to get a free shipping code, so go over to Mama Needs Box and use the code podcast at checkout to take off shipping just for listening to this podcast. All right, now enjoy my conversation with Melissa Face. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the Mama Needs Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, Jen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guests and let them hear about you, your story, and your beautiful book. So before we dive in, um, I wanted you to introduce yourself. So tell us about you, your family, where you live, and what you do. My name is Melissa Face. I live in Prince George, Virginia. I'm about 30 minutes south of Richmond. So Richmond is our big city. I teach full-time at a school for students who are gifted in the arts. I'm a world literature instructor. So that's wonderful, inspirational, all the good stuff. I have two children, Evan and Delaney. They are 10 and seven years old. I have a husband named Craig and I am a writer and an author. And I have just recently published my debut collection. I love you more than coffee. Yes, you did. And you did it during (laughs) a pandemic. I did. Yes. It came out September 1st. It was slated to be published in the spring back when things were really, really bad. And my publisher and I had a heart to heart and she said, look, if you publish now, like if we have your retail release date now, it's not going to ship. It could be sitting here in the warehouse because at that time, Amazon, I think they were shipping like only essential supplies in the spring. And September ended up not being that much better. (laughs) It's amazing how creative one can become when you have obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. 
I admire anybody who published a book in 2020. I know several authors did. I actually interviewed interviewed a couple of them who uh, published in 2020, and my heart just goes out to everybody because it's it is hard. You're not going on a tour, but you get to do uh, lots of you know um, virtual interviews and things like that, which helps. But um, I mean, bravo to you for for publishing during such a hard time. But I feel like the content is timely no matter when it comes out. Um, so I'd love for you to tell us more about the book. So it's called I Love You More Than Coffee, which I love so much. Uh, so tell us about it. Tell us why you wrote it, what it's about, who it's for, all the things. Sure. Well, the title is the one part I cannot take credit for. <laughs> the title came from my daughter. She was about three and a half at the time. And it was a serious question. She was really trying to figure out where she ranked in my life among that's my so favorite cute. things. <laughs> I mean, it was three and a half year olds. Like that's a big deal, right? So mm-hmm. she's like, do you like me more than candy? Yes, Delaney, I like you more than candy. I felt pretty confident about that one. <laughs> Do you like me more than cookies? Yes, I like you more than cookies. And then she gets really serious. What about coffee? Do you mm-hmm. like me more than coffee? And I just joked with her and said, y'all, you're not going to really make me decide, are you? <laughs> and she's like, oh, mom. And then I just thought about it. I'm like, what a cute essay title. And at the time, that's all it was. It was just that essay, the one that closes the collection. And now, of course, titles it. And it just kind of came together. So it would not be true if I said that the collection was a plan all along because it wasn't. The individual essays were things that I had submitted to other places like Chicken Soup for the Soul, some other women's publications that I write for. Mm -hmm. And I just compiled them and thought there's enough of a coffee theme here. It's also symbolic of a mom's identity outside of motherhood, that thing that is your escape, your relaxation. And I thought it worked. I thought it fit. So I put them together and that's what we have here. It is eight years, um, my first eight years of motherhood written in real time. So that's the neat thing. I love that separates it from some other collections that are out there because I'm not reflecting. I'm not looking back, trying to recall a couple of years later, what those moments were like, like if that incident happened, it was probably the next day or two in the morning that I was writing about it. So very fresh, very authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard anybody do that before. Maybe I just haven't been aware of it, but like a lot of the motherhood kind of memoirs and things that I've read are reflecting, looking back, and you're like, how do they remember all that detail, you know? Um, oh, but sure. it's, it's great that you were able to do it in real time. What made you like, what made you do that and, and decide I'm going to write about this right now? That's a great question. I've always written about all of the big parts of my life as a way of coping and like what requires more coping than motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Uh and adjusting and making sense of things. So I was writing essentially for myself in the beginning Mm -hmm. to make sense of whatever was happening. Those phases that you feel like your children are never going to move through, whether it's um, getting them out of diapers or saying that first word or reading for the first time, which is more recent struggle that isn't in this collection, but you always feel 
I think like those phases are never going to end. It's like, when are we going to see the other side of things? Sure. In retrospect, it's a flash, right? But in the moment, it seems never ending. Yes. So it was just, it was a coping strategy to write about what I was experiencing. The side effect, I think, is that other moms are finding it very relatable. So that's an amazing and incredible bonus. But I was in the beginning writing them for me to get through. That's so interesting. And I love that you did that. Um, And then then you decided later to collect them all and put them. So did you go back and edit anything? You did. Okay. (laughs) I did. And I sorted, I, I actually like very childlike, I guess. I don't know what other people do when they're putting collections together. I printed out hard copies of these essays, spread them across my floor in chronological order, and then looked at what I had and examined the themes. And if I had some that were too similar, then I would pull a duplicate. Um, I have two essays, I believe, that are not ordered chronologically. And that was simply so we could close it with the title piece. Uh But other than that, they are in the order in which I was living them. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, I'm sure that there are some good, bad, and ugly moments that you share in this book, especially if you were using this, you know, this practice of writing as a coping mechanism. Um, I know you said you edited some, but surely you left the heart of it. You left the the meat and the details of how, how these moments um, in your life mothering your children affected you. Um, I'd love to know maybe like one little without giving too much away of the book, but like one little story or like moment um, that was like kind of a hard moment that you wrote about in the book and why you think it's so important to share these struggles with other moms? Oh, what a great question. (laughs) The first thing that comes to mind is a piece that I wrote about beauty and my daughter and about the compliments that she got when she was really young. And it seemed like that's all that people would say to her. Like you're so pretty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we had a woman stop her in target and offer her money and said like, Oh, you're such a pretty little girl here. Go buy yourself something. And wow. she was too young, much too young to really do anything with that. But I was thinking about it and you know, the weirdest thing I think it's weird is when she got glasses, that dialogue changed. Hmm. And that was what people commented on from that point forward. Look at your pretty glasses. Aren't they a beautiful color? They look so good on you. Mm. Oh, look, I have glasses too. So it's just. That's funny how people are. trying to make sense of that. Yeah. Of like what, what we do when we think we're complimenting children, especially young girls and what they could do with those messages. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure she came through all of that unscathed, but it was just something that I thought about. And it's like, this is where it can start for girls, Mm -hmm. how we can give them complexes about their appearance Mm -hmm. by making that the focus instead of like complimenting on how funny she is because she is, she's hilarious. Like how witty. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a bigger conversation. That's a good conversation. And, you know, something that I realized later on um, as a mom that people were doing with my kids that I was even doing with my kids. Um, I have a daughter, uh, my, my daughter is my oldest. And I remember somebody, you know, maybe posting about it or reading an article about, you know, stop telling your daughters they're so pretty or something like that. And I was like, wow, I never thought of that before. And so then I tried to be like, Sadie, you're so smart. How did you, you know, how did you think of that? You're so smart. And, you know, instead of trying to like, you know, push everything on her appearance or like, oh, you look so pretty today. Your dress is so cute. You know, things like that. Tried to really focus on other aspects of her. Like, you're hilarious. Yeah. Like, I think that's so important to, to be conscious of just, you know, it's okay to tell little girls that they're pretty. I mean, I want to know that I look nice, but at the same time, if that's the only message that they're hearing, um, you know, let's talk about something else that's interesting about them, you know, because the way you look isn't the most interesting thing about you. <laughs> um, it's the thing people see, but it's not the most interesting thing. So I love that. That's a good, that's a good thought. And um, I think that a lot of moms reading that um in your book would would, you know, it it would make them think, I think, um, because it would make me kind of ponder ponder things. And then just a good conversation. Do you feel like your, your essays are kind of good conversation, conversation starters with other moms? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Again, more so than I ever planned. Right. For that to be the case. Maybe that's the magic of it is that you share your experience, your very specific experience that you think maybe at the time is unique to you. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out other moms have lived this day, this insane day where everything goes wrong, where you set your expectations entirely too high Mm -hmm. and everything falls around you (laughs) and you're defeated and depleted and just wanting to drink that cup of coffee that you bought hours earlier. Yes. So I think we have all been there and whether it's the coffee or tea or pedicure or whatever it is that you're wanting and craving that shows a little bit of your identity. It definitely has been a conversation starter. And I have had people reach out to me in places where I didn't even know my book was available at first. And it was, it was mind blowing. Truly, truly. I know that probably sounds like a cliche. I'm sure it does, but I had a mom, a mum, M-U-M, reach out to me from Australia to tell me that she had read my book at her library and that she had found it so relatable. And she quoted a little piece from one of my essays and that was so fabulous. Oh, don't you love that? (laughs) When something you create goes out in the world and it means something to someone and then they tell you about it. Oh yeah. That's that's a blessing. So true. Because think of all the beautiful things that you've read. I think of everything that I've read that I loved it. And I thought the author was one point and fabulous. I didn't always take the time to tell him or her so though, but now I make a little more effort there because I know how meaningful that is. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. That's so good. And I, uh, I think 
any shared experience as moms is so helpful because you're right. You know, we go through these moments and we think, oh my gosh, I'm the only mom who has ever thought this or done this or had this happen to them. And then when you share it with others, you realize, oh, I'm not. This this person literally went through the same thing as me, you know? Um, And that just makes you feel so normal and normalizes your feelings and your thoughts. And, you know, going forward, you're not, you don't feel so alone in motherhood. So I love that your book is kind of that conduit of conversation and, and just relatability. So that's really, really good. Um, I love that in the intro of your book, you compared your love of coffee to your motherhood. And I'm going to read a little excerpt for our listeners. Okay. You say, my essays, much like my taste in coffee, have evolved over the years. They started off light and sweet and became bolder and more flavorful as I have adapted to motherhood. I love that so much. <laughs> so I love for you to tell tell our audience more about what that means to you. Okay. Um, the coffee part itself, very true. When I first started drinking coffee, I drink it the way I think a lot of young folks do. Very sweet, very creamy, <laughs> not very much coffee. And over time, I discovered that I really liked it, not just the caffeine perks benefits, but I really liked the flavor Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed strong coffee and I started drinking it with cream only a splash of milk and no sugar. And when I made that analogy, I was reading through and editing my own collection. And I noticed like the first quarter, maybe even first half of the collection is very positive, very sweet. Mm -hmm. Those early days of motherhood where Things aren't always sweet, but you kind of want to tell yourself that they are. Yeah. Who wants to hold an infant and say, this isn't what I expected. Right. Right. (laughs) It's another one of the messages that we get as young moms is that if we aren't struggling, suffering and tired, we aren't doing it right. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. Don't even get me started. Like being in there. Being a martyr, that's not what it's supposed to be. Yes, exactly. So there is a lot of truth to the coffee aspect. And I thought that that little metaphor, that running metaphor just lined up nicely that yes, like my taste in coffee is very much like my road through motherhood so far. Like Mm -hmm. it started off sweet and now it's Boulder. Now it's like, no, that was a really crappy morning, but you know what? We're going to try to salvage the rest of the day. Yes. I no longer try to look at it as like, did we have a great day? No, because somebody cried. And it's like, well, if you measure your motherhood that way, then there's never a great day. Right. Right. So you can't base it upon, did somebody have a meltdown? Did somebody get sick? Like Mm -hmm. you have to find something good that did happen that day. And that became my philosophy after a while. I love that because I would have never put those two things together as a metaphor. Um, coffee and motherhood. I mean, it makes so much sense when I read it. I was like, I need to read that again. And I just loved it because it's so true when, when you're a new mom, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, um, but I know a lot of people are like this too, but I didn't know what I was doing. Like I really didn't. And honestly, 
I posted a Instagram story yesterday where I said, I don't know what I'm doing. And so <laughs> I've been 12 years into this motherhood thing. Um, and I still honestly, some days don't know what I'm doing, but I do feel bolder. I do feel wiser. I do feel like I have more to offer and more to give, especially, you know, advice or, you know, just, just as a mom, I feel more experienced um, because with each kid, I have three with each kid, you just let a little bit looser, you know? Um, I thought that was like a myth until I had kids, but like my daughter was our Guinea pig. We were so strict with her. I mean, we still in some ways are, but like, then I had my son and then I had my third, my third child, who's also a boy. And it's just like each one, I got so much more relaxed. And I think that's just, I just love the, the metaphor of that with coffee. It just made so much sense to me because I also am a lover of coffee, um, as everyone listening knows. Um, and so I just think that's so neat. I, I just, I, it really made me kind of meditate on that for a minute and be like, Oh, I have grown. I don't need to be like the kind of shallow, sweet um, coffee lover and mother. Like I can be bolder. I can be more wise. You know, like I'm growing. I'm growing into this. And I feel like kind of when women and moms grow, they they do kind of drink their coffee a little differently. They drink it black or you know just with a little cream or whatever. Um, I'm still kind of in the, <laughs> I have a sweet tooth, so I love like sweet, light and sweet coffee. But anyway, that it was so, so good. I wanted to make sure that I read that for our listeners and that you kind of told them about that because it just really hit me. So I love it. Thank you. I have done a few interviews and no one has asked me about my <laughs> intro before. And I really enjoyed writing that. So I'm yeah, so glad to have had so a good. chance to talk about it. Yes. Well, okay. We're going to ask some rapid fire questions and then I want people to be able to find you um, on the internet um, and okay. follow you. So okay. first question, how do you take your coffee? <laughs> Today, just a splash of milk and it's a dark, dark brew that I'm drinking. I love the dark ones. That, yes. that is my go-to. Yeah. But I will probably later have an iced latte when we go out and run some errands. I'll swing by one of my favorite local shops. So mm -hmm. I do still enjoy variety. Motherhood is filled with variety. So Absolutely. we'll keep that in our coffee, right? Yes. I love it. Very, mm -hmm. very good. Uh, what is a good book that you've read recently or that you're reading right now? read so many good books recently. Mm -hmm. um, the Baddest Girl on the Planet is a recent read. It's um it's set in Outer Banks. So you oh. might would enjoy the North Carolina connection. Yeah. And the voice in that novel is so strong and so great. And what else? I am reading one of my favorite nonfiction writers right now, another Melissa. Her name is Melissa Phoebos. Mm -hmm. And I am reading Abandon Me, which is an essay collection. Okay. And it's very powerful. She is a really gorgeous writer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll find those yeah. and put them in the show notes so people can check those out too. Sure. What is your favorite way to practice self-care? Oh, goodness. Self-care. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like another item on the to-do list. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do. Um, my coffee is self-care. Yeah. Reading time is self-care. Mm -hmm. Quiet is self-care. Yes. 
Yes. Sometimes that can be just a a quick drive down the road Mm -hmm. and that, that will count a little peace of mind. Yeah. Have you seen that meme that says sitting in your car alone in the driveway is self-care? I can't explain it, but it is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I saw a similar one about moms love like little vacations. For example, the time it takes to walk around your car after you've buckled in your toddler. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. I love those. Yeah. I've had days where my children wouldn't stop arguing. And so if they were barked, barked, if they were buckled (laughs) into their, (laughs) I have dogs actually. (laughs) They were buckled into their car seats in the back, which is what I was trying to say. Right. And it was like, I can turn up the music. You can't reach me. You can't get to me. (laughs) And I can just drive for a while. Yeah. If my kids were crying, well, I have my youngest in particular, he had a really tough time in the car. He just, he was a really uh, difficult car rider. And when I had had enough, I'd literally given him everything I could think of, done everything I could think of to get him to calm down. And he wouldn't, I would turn up my music and just sing at the top of my lungs and singing. I love to sing. So that's a self-care thing for me. But also it was like drowning out the noise that I could not handle all the crying. And I'd literally done everything I could do. He's watching a movie. He has snacks. He has everything he needs. He's not uncomfortable. Uh, He just, he just, he was a crier in the car. So he's so much better now. He's six. Um, But yeah, I totally did that. And that was like a self-care moment for me. So I love, (laughs) love all of those. I've done all of them. Very therapeutic. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. All right. And our show is called the mama needs podcast. So as a mama, what do you need right now? I need to be recognized as a woman, a person and a mom. That's Mm -hmm. something that I care a lot about at this stage is my identity, my different facets of my life that all bring me joy and that also make me a better mom. So good. That's so good. I love it. I would it. not have answered that way several years ago mm-hmm. because I would have felt guilty for saying that. Like my number one job is to be a mom and to make sure that my kids have everything that they need. And they do. They mm-hmm. do have everything that they need. And we don't have to deplete ourselves in order for that to be the case. No. But we absolutely. often feel like we do. We do. Yep. I love that. And I love the different answers that I get when I ask that question because I'll some people you get some cool stuff. I do. I sometimes get like lighthearted things like this mama needs a vacation or this mama needs a girl trip or, you know, whatever. But I love, I love what you said. It's very poignant. It's very good. Well, okay. I love, I, I want to share about more about your book. We're going to do a giveaway um, and all of the details will be posted on Instagram for those listening. Go check us out at Mama Needs Box and you'll get all the details there. Um, And before we go, I wanted you to tell us where people can find you online, your website, your social media handles and all the things. Sure. Thank you. Um, my website is melissaface.com and you can find my book on Amazon. If you want to support indie bookshops, you can go to bookshop.org and search for it there. And I am on Facebook and Instagram at Melissa Face Awesome. Yay. And we'll post all of that in the show notes too. 
Um, and I wanted to say too, I love a good book that is um, a collection of essays. I really do. I tend to like gravitate towards those books because I feel like, especially as a mom, I just don't have time to sit down and read chapter after chapter and then try to remember what's going on and pick it up like a month later when you know it's been sitting on my end table for weeks. Um, but I love. I love um, a book of essays because it is truly like you can pick it up anytime, grab a story here, grab a story there and not feel like you missed out on anything um, because it's just a collection of essays. They're independent of each other. So I love that. Everybody needs to go check out. I love you more than coffee. Melissa, thanks so much for being on the show today, sharing your heart with us and sharing about your lovely book. Thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. <laughs>